Garden Variety is supported by MIMS Financial Services in Iowa City, committed to providing strategic legacy planning to help clients reach their financial goals at all stages in life. Learn about their team and how to get started at MIMSFS.com. This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. According to the USDA plant hardiness zone maps, Iowa is in zone five. When you're buying plants, that's important information to have. But what exactly does it mean? Mark Wiederlechner is an affiliate associate professor of horticulture at Iowa State University, and he is here to help us understand. He used to work on those maps for the USDA. Hello, Mark. Well, good morning, Charity. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. And let's start with the basics. How are those zones determined? They're determined by looking at past winters. You look back in time, in the case of the USDA's map, they look 30 years back in time at 30, the the most recent 30 winters. And then they look at each winter individually and determine for each place in the United States, what was the lowest temperature achieved that particular winter? So that's the, the, the low spot, the minimum temperature. And once they've got those 30 minimum temperatures figured out, they average it together. And that's what gets mapped on the hardiness zone map. It is the average of the 30 coldest days for the 30 previous winters. All right. So this is uh, based on history. This is a measurement that looks backward in time. Why is that important to understand? Well, if climate were perfectly stable and unchanging over time, it would give us a really good sense of what to expect moving forward. If we want to plant a tree or a shrub, any plant that lives for a long period of time, for many years in the landscape, we want to know what it's going to encounter because at Certain points, plants are really vulnerable to damage by cold. We don't want to lose those plants. So if if climate is really stable, we look at that last 30 years and say, well, in this spot, we can expect to go down to, let's say, here, here in Ames, minus 15 Fahrenheit. Let's make sure that we don't plant plants that die at minus 8 Fahrenheit. We want to keep them going. So that's that's the idea. Of course, climate isn't perfectly stable. Everybody knows that it's a dynamic thing and and it's going to change over time. So the the more it changes, the less predictable it is, the less you can rely on that hardiness zone to be um, your guide directly. If it if things are really variable, you might want to err on the side of safety and plant a plant that's going to handle something that's even colder than where you are. Okay, so it's an imperfect tool, but it's also a really incredibly useful tool because obviously, you know, we know that we're in zone five and that gives us a pretty good chance at having those plants survive, right? It really does. And we've been tracking this kind of information for a very long time. So most nurseries, most garden centers, most 
references have pretty good data on, you know, what a plant can handle. So you, you can find out, you know, that this particular tree is a zone four tree or a zone two tree. There's, you know, data going back all, all the way to at least the 1960s, sometimes much further back. Um, we, we've really been pretty successful following a system like this. If, if you're careful and pay attention, um, you know, you, you get plants that live a long time. And as you said, though, there can be events that might kill off a plant anyway. And and that's important to understand as well, that this, this is not a guarantee. It really isn't. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that the hardiness zones are based on the lowest temperature of the year. But sometimes you don't need that kind of extreme low temperature to injure a plant. Plants are really vulnerable at certain times of the year to damage besides damage in the midwinter. Um, as they're getting ready for winter, they go through a process called hardening. And if they haven't reached their full level of hardening, if they're, if they're not ready for winter yet, and we happen to get a sudden cold snap, let's say in September, early October, you can get an awful lot of in injury to a plant right then and there. Um, and the same thing happens late in the winter, early in the spring. If there's a really, really warm spell and the plants have already gone through their dormancy and have had their rest satisfied and they're, they're waiting for spring and wow, we have a, a week of really warm weather and then it turns around and goes back being really cold again, not not crazy cold, but maybe even like 20 degrees, once again, you can get an awful lot of damage. So there are, there are many, it's much more subtle in terms of any individual plant in any individual place than the hardiness zones would indicate. Right. Well, and I think we are all aware of those spring events because we're I think we're all so eager for spring. We're all so ready. But then we can also see the damage immediately. Uh, for example, last year, I remember we had an incredibly warm day, a surprising warm day. And it was just as the blossoms on my cherry tree were blooming. And it was so hot mm -hmm. that day that the blossoms were actually damaged by the heat. And then we didn't get any fruit last year. So those are the kinds of events that we're very tuned into. Those fall events yes. that can do so much damage, we're probably a little less aware of, of the damage that they're doing because those plants are either starting to go dormant or already looking dormant by the time one of those cold snaps hits. That's the kind of thing we have to wait until spring to see what kind of damage is done, right? That That's true. Um, a lot of those sort of go under the radar and um, they're often manifest in the spring with bark cracking or dieback. Um, sometimes you won't lose a whole plant, but you'll see that parts of it are injured. Um, yeah, you, you, you may not notice it because, you know, these plants are all sort of heading towards dropping their leaves and going dormant um, when the damage occurs. But uh, oftentimes you will, you will see it in the spring and you won't know exactly why. 
Climate change is very real. It is happening. We're all experiencing the effects of it. But climate and weather, of course, we know are two entirely different things. We also know that these extreme weather events seem to be a big part of climate change so that those very hot events in the summer, those very cold events in the winter, those very strong winds, the kinds of things that we've been dealing with over recent years. Do you see climate change changing the zone maps? Hmm. Well, we know that when the new map, the most recent map came out in 2012, that um, there were shifts in zones. And um, at least in the eastern United States, those shifts were generally northward. Um, And I don't think that was just because the map was produced better than the previous map was, even though it was, I I think those reflected real changes in those 30-year periods. And um, from what I'm seeing in the horticultural literature about people being able to push less hardy plants further north, that, um, that trend's probably going to continue. You mentioned uh, in the spring when the plants in Iowa have had enough rest. The dormant period has been long enough that that as the weather heats up, things can happen. Iowa has been known as sort of being a Goldilocks climate. We think a lot about the importance of that growing season and the warmth and the sunshine, but the cold part of the year has been a really important part of how plants thrive in Iowa as well, right? That's true. Um, especially for our fruit crops, um, you have to have a certain number of hours of cold weather to fulfill the dormancy of the plants and then to l- let them flower normally. If, if you are going, let's say, from Arkansas south, it's really hard to grow apple trees because they don't get enough cold to satisfy the dormancy. Um, sort of the flip side, though, is... We may be a Goldilocks state for certain things, but I know here in Ames, um, it's really hard to grow apricots. Um, What happened to your cherry tree happens quite regularly to apricot trees. Their their flowers often get damaged and and won't produce um, fruits because they come out so early. It's just, it's not a good match. So I I think that that the, the success of Iowa horticulture is based on matching the right the right plants, the right crops to our place. Often during this time of the year, uh, Mark, on this show, we find ourselves talking about, oh, it's been so cold. Will the plants survive? How will this affect, you know, various <laughs> plants, various pests as well? This right. winter, we have had a little bit of extreme cold. That uh, blizzard wasn't very pleasant. But we've also had a really mild January as someone yes. who thinks a lot about cold hardiness, does that concern you when we have a mild January? Well, I, I think it, it's been mild, but as long as temperatures are going below freezing at night, I think we're, we're pretty safe. Um, when you have a whole string of days where you don't go below freezing, then, then you start wondering you know, are our plants going to go through their rest properly? Um, are they going to get enough um, chilling? 
and sort of the flip side, might they start growing too soon? Um, but as, as long, even if it's it's relatively mild, I think as long as we're freezing at night, we're we're okay. All right, and of course, there's a lot of winter yet to come. <laughs> even if we've sure had is. a mild January, who knows? Who knows yes. what is coming next? Mark Wiederlechner is with me today. He is an affiliate associate professor of horticulture at Iowa State University. We've been talking about our plant hardiness zone, Zone Five in Iowa, and Mark Wiederlechner used to work on those maps for the USDA. For more gardening information and tips, you can subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Garden Variety is supported by MIMS Financial Services in Iowa City committed to providing strategic legacy planning to help clients reach their financial goals at all stages in life. Learn about their team and how to get started at MIMSFS.com. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time. <laughs>